0: Hi, I'm Dr. Mitch and welcome to the Truth Talks podcast. Today's episode I have a famous celebrity person by the name of Brandy Roderick. Brandy, how are you?
1: I am excellent. How are you doing, Mitch?
0: I'm doing good actually. Everybody wants to be famous now, but you are. So I want to start at the bottom and figure out how you became Brandy Roderick. Playboy Playmate of the Year, that's huge. Starsky and Hutch, Baywatch, which we all know. I even saw 90210, which self-admitted, I watched it. Then your book. I read your book. The book was excellent. I want to talk a little bit about that. And then I actually want to get to kind of where it's at now with having kids and and how you go from that celebrity life to still staying celebrity life, and then having kids, being a mom, all that good stuff. Celebrity Apprentice. I mean, there's a million. It's unbelievable what all you've done, and you still look like you're 25. How you do it?
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very nice of you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a it's been a long journey. I mean, it's it's hard to believe so many years have you know gone by with the blink of an eye. Definitely.
0: We know in your book, you, you, you hustled. I mean, you had your first job at 14. I have a 17 year old daughter and no one wants a job anymore. So I'm, I'm anxious. I want her to hear this on this podcast. Talk to us about, you know, that work ethic that you've had.
1: You know, I guess it all starts as a, you know, as a kid and, you know, you see both your parents working hard and going to work. And, you know, we grew up in an era where that was, you know, important. And you go and you work hard and at 11 years old, Um, I wanted to, um, I, I used to, you know, (laughs) would get made fun of because, you know, we would shop at Kmart or I'd wear the same all the time or whatever. And, you know, as you're coming into that age where you're preteen, um, you know, fashion starts to get kind of important, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to wear these Kmart jeans anymore. I wanted like some redashes or something. My mom's like, well, if you want them, you got to work for it. You know, she said, I'll pay for half. But you have to pay for the other half. So I was 11 years old. So we'll put an ad in the paper that you can babysit. Because I used to always watch all my little cousins and stuff. And um, so we put it in there that I I wanted $2 an hour. And I said I was 12 because that sounded so much better than 11. (laughs) Um, So my mom started me off lying when I was a kid. But it I I got calls, and I I got this one family, and I I worked for them for years, and they were a wonderful family, two great little girls, and loved it, and from there, there was time to move on, and I wanted to work, there was this new health club called the 24-hour health club in Werner Park, and um, they were going to be paying $4 an hour, it was $4 and a quarter, And I got, so I went for the interview and at the time I was 14, but you have to be uh, 15 to work and get a work permit. But I was turning 15 like the day before my first day of work would be. So I wasn't really lying again, but I was supposed to (laughs) Um, but I got the job and I was the very first one there to show up it was a telemarketing position. And of course I knew nothing about telemarketing and here I am, you know, going to this gym to work as a telemarketer. Um, and I show up and the owner of the gym says, um, Brandy, how would you like to be the manager? I <laughs> just turned 15 and I was like, oh yes, that would be great. Um, Sounds wonderful. He said, you'll get a quarter race. I was going to be getting four fifty an hour instead of four twenty five, But he said the, what he was going to do is whoever showed up first, because there was going to be like 10 of us, whoever showed up first was who he was going to give that manager position to. And I was always taught, if you're on time, you're late. I was early to everything. I still am. Um, I got the manager job. And all these people are coming in. I mean, I am the manager to people as young as, you know, 15, 16, all the way up to this 90-year-old little sweet old lady. And here I am, the manager. I've never had a real job ever. Um, but anyway, so it just kind of uh, started, you know, my, my snowball effect of getting all these jobs and, um, you know, being a, a very young go-getter and and showing up early and thinking outside the box and getting out there and um, going after, you know, what you want. And mine started with, I wanted a pair of Jordache jeans. <laughs>
0: And I love it because that's what I try and tell these kids now. It's like, you know, these people who are famous and who have done all this stuff, there's always a thing where they tell you how hard they work. Like it's the common theme. But I read that part in the book where you were really, that was really instilled into you. And and that, that I'm sure showed up in The Apprentice, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Tell us when you first got discovered, though. That was a good story.
1: Well, the very first time I met Hef when I was when I had moved to Hollywood, I had always um, besides wanting to be an actress, because that's in that's in my blood, it's my passion. Um, I always wanted to be a playmate. And that started because my mother told me the story when she was pregnant with me. She was two weeks past due, and she was took this long walk from her house to her aunts, aunt and uncle's house, which was like I don't know. It was like crazy, like five, six miles. And she's like crazy, um, pregnant. But anyway, she shows up, she's all thirsty. She gets some water. She goes to sit down in their living room and on their dining table, excuse me, on their coffee table is a Playboy magazine. So she sits down, she just starts thumbing through it. And there's this beautiful, gorgeous blonde named Brandy with an E. And she's like, oh, oh, you know, like <laughs> I want my daughter's name to be Brandy. I to that. Um, my name was going to be Tony, but then, you know, she saw this beautiful girl. And so she named me Tony. And my whole life I knew this story, right? So, you know, growing up, you know, you feel like you got to live up to this, right? So I always had this story of she wanted me to look like this beautiful Brandy girl. Um, so I'd always wanted to, to be a play, uh, playboy playmate. So I had met... Elliot, who it was such a lovely, sweet, wonderful man, who was uh, friends with Hugh Hefner, and we had a mutual friend, and our friend knew I always wanted to be playing, he said, I'll invite you up, you come up to the mansion, you meet Hef, we'll go to movie night, you know, you'll see the whole mansion, and I was like, oh, yeah, of course, so I went up there, and I got to meet Hef, and he um, was married to Kimberly at the time. And I told him my story. I said, I was named after a playmate. He's like, oh my gosh, okay, well come with me. And he took me to the library and here we are, me and Hugh Hefner, I'm just like, oh my God, is this real? We're thumbing through all the magazines trying to find this Brandy girl who my mom you know, named me after, which, I mean, there's a million, not literally a million, but obviously there's tons of copies of Playboy. So um, right, right. helping me and uh, we did not find it. But it was just a, such a sweet, wonderful moment that I got to have with you, Hefner and tell him my story. Anyway, so I watched the movie and left, you know, thought I was never going to you know, see him again or whatever. And then fast forward, I don't even know how long, if it was a year or whatever, I went to a nightclub called Opium Den with a group of friends. And, um, we go in and I see Hugh Hefner in there with, um, Heather Kozar, who was a playmate and his friends, Joel and Allison. And I, he was in the little VIP area and he go, hi, Alice, it's me, Brandy. You remember me? Yeah, my mom named me after a playboy at playmate. And, you know, he's like, oh yes, come on in. And so I got to go in there, you know, the VIP area. And, uh, we just, and at that point, uh, him and Kimberly had gotten, um, dwarves separated or whatnot they would not been together for a long time and uh, so I went in and we were hanging out and um had been very you know close and very good friends you know ever since until his passing
0: and that launched that launched a whole bunch of stuff for you
1: oh 100 percent I mean uh, it's so funny how things how things work even going to that nightclub that was just like a last minute thing they get there they're like oh no we're full you guys can't come in and thankfully the kid that we were with i call him a kid he was probably like two years younger than me he pulled out a hundred dollar bill and gave it to the doorman he's like okay come on in i mean had that kid not given the doorman a hundred dollars and let you know it's just it's weird how things you know work but yes that that's the start of everything and um so thankful for so many things, you know, for my friends that brought me there, my, the guy that gave the hundred bucks, uh, because that's what led me to, to meeting half. And I feel like so much in my life, um, that's happened. Everything's happened because I met half. I mean, it's a trickle effect,
0: you know, what if that night didn't happen? Your whole life may be completely different.
1: Absolutely. That guy, if that bouncer would have said, no, dude, you're not bribing me. Or if the kid didn't have the hundred bucks, I mean, we would have went off to some other nightclub.
0: Right. And it's insane. It's just insane. You know, but you put yourself out there, right? The lucky breaks only happen to people who put themselves in the lucky situation. I definitely want to get to the apprentice because I know that's where people started saying, man, this lady is super duper smart. Matter of fact, you were actually slated to win a lot of that stuff, but I want to talk about Baywatch. How was, did that suck filming Baywatch out in Hawaii? God, uh,
1: That was literally the best job I've ever had ever. <laughs> Um I mean you know you can't beat you know frolicking in in the sand water and you know driving sea dudes with you know Jason Momoa and Michael Burke right <laughs> and ordering whatever you want to eat um smelling the pineapple fields on the way to work I mean it was literally a dream job that was the best job ever
0: hands down <laughs> and how and how did that job come available? Was that then just other acting things that you'd had, or how how did that come about? You know
1: what's funny again? I mean, right place, right time. Um, I went into audition for—I didn't go into audition for Baywatch. I went into audition for a volleyball show, which I don't even know if it ever even made it. Um, but the the ladies that were casting that, I went into audition. And like, oh, Randy, we think you'd be great for Baywatch, and we're casting. This is Baywatch, and they she. I remember they grabbed me and took me out of that audition to take me over to one of the producers or something. And, um, and they're like, do you want to read for Baywatch? I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, come on, Pamela Anderson. Like I was, you know, probably one of her biggest fans back in the day. So I went and I got my script. I got my sides. I went to my, my acting coach, Ivana Chubbik. And, you know, we rehearsed it and, I went in the audition and, and nailed it and got the part.
0: So again, you weren't, you weren't even there for the audition. You were there for something else.
1: Yeah, I was just, they had already gotten to the point where they were doing screen tests with actors. So when oh I pulled me in, they were like, here, here, read this. And it was like a cold read, like really quickly. And they're like, yeah, 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 you're great. Come to the, to the screen. I was going to a screen test with um, uh, Jason Brooks. And he was uh, who I would be, you know, reading with and who my uh, character would, you know, basically have a love interest with. So, yeah. So I got to go and rehearse with my acting coach and get ready for it and then went to the straight to the screen test. So I went and bypassed all that other crap and went right to the screen test.
0: Again, that's another one of those that had to happen moments like uh, just out of it. It's just it's like your life was destined to do that.
1: Well, yes, absolutely. And sometimes in the beginning, you know, as an actress or anything in life, um, work begets work, right? So I went to go audition for something that ultimately led to something else. And even if you don't get that job, you might get something else because you're going to meet someone, you know, that might help you to get something else. So I'm a huge firm believer in work begets work. So I always, I'm always working because most more times than not, it leads to the next gig.
0: Man, you are always working. Like I get, ex- I got exhausted researching you. I'm like, and how was this gal sleep at all? Matter of fact, I'll just bring it in. We'll segue this next one. Celebrity Apprentice, you were working like uh, 18 hours a day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was insane. Um, I have to uh, sometimes, because if I wanted to get any sleep, we'd be so hyped up from working all day that when I came home, I'd have to take an Ambien if I even <laughs> wanted to sleep hours of sleep. So I'm like, I gotta get some sleep, otherwise I'm gonna be <laughs> we Yeah, sometimes it was 18-hour days. It was crazy. Well,
0: tell me, tell me about the Celebrity Apprentice. Tell me how that all came about.
1: I had my agent um, called them for me and said I wanted to do the show because I was actually a fan of the show. And they said, well, you know, yeah, we'll meet with Brandy. We'll see. You know, they're probably thinking, okay, Baywatch playmate, what kind of brand should be. <laughs> Um so we went and all met at the uh polo lounge and um you know we were talking about you know all my business acumen and all that you know I've got this business I got that business I've done this I've done that and they're like okay that's all great um that's wonderful but you know do you have money to bring in like who do you know who can you call because as you know that's like a huge part of it like they do at least two episodes where you're bringing in a lot of money for charity and every episode's for charity um, I said, well, I know pretty much everybody. I mean, I've met everybody uh, pretty much. And they're like, hey, like who? And as we're talking about that, uh, Brett, Ru- uh, Brett Ratner and Russell Simmons come walking in. They're like, hey, Brandy, what's up? Come up to the table um, You know, while we're sitting there. And they're like, give them a hug and I told them what we're doing. And they went off to lunch. And they're like, OK, you've proven yourself. You're hired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're in. Well, and then you tore it up. I mean, you were you were slated to win this thing. Not only did you prove yourself, obviously you were extremely good at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it really came down to, at the end, I think um, who was going to be able to bring in, because um, the finale all about how much money you can bring in. And uh, honestly, between Annie and Joan and myself, those two could bring in more than me at that point because I already had exhausted everybody you know, brought in so much money up until that point that I was pretty much didn't have anyone left. And Annie, of course, has um, all her poker, you know, friends that uh, have cash, like, you know, at their disposal. So, yeah, but it was fun. I got to be on every episode. I still got to help Annie in the end and be there and, you know, help raise a lot of money.
0: I know that. Yeah, that was amazing. You know, I've got to ask you. So, you know, a lot of us, uh, we, you know, we know, of the person, Donald Trump. What what was Donald Trump like on that show?
1: I mean, exactly what you see is what you get. <laughs> I mean, different being behind, you know, in front of the camera as he is when you see him talking, you know, to people in the media or whatever. That's him. He, he's not, you know, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He doesn't bullshit. He's just kind of like, that's how he is. He's just straightforward. And that's how, yeah. What you saw on that show was is, 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 is pretty much how he is, definitely.
0: And that's exactly what I kind of expected. Now, obviously, too, you know, one of the things is, is about people coming in, business, raising money. You've got a lot of businesses that you've done. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, I'm just, I'm an entrepreneur and I, I, want, I love creating things. And I, um,
0: I don't know, it's just in my blood
1: to, to want to be in business and be an entrepreneur.
0: How how do you, how do you manage that now with kids? How, how does that change everything?
1: Well, one thing I do is every morning I wake up when my kids uh, get up, they get up, we get up at, I get up at six o'clock in the morning. They come down at six 30. We have breakfast together. I have my coffee. They leave the house at seven 30. So I have that hour with my kids in the morning. Um, To me, that's really important. I like that time that we have together. And then, um, you know, dinner time when there's no football, Uh, you know, I'm making dinner, we're having dinner together. And um, that's important. And on the weekends, because we, I split custody with my ex-husband. When I have my weekends, um, we always do something fun together. And um, I never go off and do anything on my own with other people when it's, you know, when it's my weekend with the kids, we're always focused. So then when they are with their dad, that gives me time to focus 100% on work.
0: Which, which is important. I mean, that balance is, especially someone like you that is is so, so driven, it, it, that balance is really tough. I also understand you're a 49ers fan. Is that correct?
1: Uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah.
0: I'm a Chiefs fan, but I'm going to let it slide since you came on my show. I appreciate that. So I'm going to let that go. But football and raising boys and all that, I know that's an important part.
1: Oh, football's like... Our life, yeah. My oldest is in Pop Warner. My youngest is in Flag. I mean, they they want to be football players. Like, that is, you know, probably because they just want to be like their dad. I don't know. But they are definitely football, for sure, is is what it's all about in our house. Yeah, we don't really watch baseball. We don't watch soccer. It's just all football. You know, it's no joke. I mean, with kids, Pop Warner, it's, they practice every single day. Every day, except Friday. Yeah the game.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, I know. And and it's, it's fun to see that. And you know what I also seen, uh, there's some videos of you and your girlfriends. I've seen stuff and post on Facebook. It just, just looks like you have such a balanced life, but I know there was so much work to get to where you're at and kind of, where are you going now? What's next for you?
1: I'm just continuing on, um, my, my producing filmmaking path and I'm on like film number four right now. And my newest one is like my baby where, you know, I helped create the story and produced it, directed it, every, like the whole thing. And so we're editing right now and we're close to getting a locked cut very soon. But that's, um, oh, the bells are chiming. <laughs> but I love, I love film. That's, that's really fun to me. And I love the reproduction side of it. I love bringing everybody together. Um, I love bringing a cast together. Yeah, and and it was fun because my last uh, last two films, my son was in the, the movies with me, which was a lot of fun.
0: When you're the producer and stuff, when you look at people coming in and they're wanting a part or whatever, do you see yourself then?
1: You know, I really only had like one or two people ask, ask me, you know, if they could be in the film. And unfortunately, there really wasn't any like roles for them. So, um yeah. <laughs> And then, then Robert, you know, he, he was all mad because I didn't have a role for him in the last movie. <laughs> he, always, he was in the movie before I put him in the, the Christmas movie. So he was in that one. But this one, there was no role for him. So I have to make sure the next one I have a role for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you guys, you guys have a winery, right?
1: Um, I don't, but he does. Uh, I have a vineyard has a winery so I I just grow and sell grapes whereas he actually sells wine. I, I grow the grapes that go inside the wine that he sells.
0: <laughs> Is there anything you don't do?
1: Oh Ooh. uh <laughs> I don't eat lamb <laughs> I don't eat
0: anything <laughs> oh god Ooh, lamb is actually good. So you know, one one of the things that that I like with your talks is we, we when we bring a guest on, I always like to truly highlight just these accomplishments and 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 to show that it's a real person and it's a and there's real stories involved with this. And I encourage people to not only look into everything you've done, but but also grab that book and really understand what it takes uh, to really hustle and do it. And you know, sometimes I think when these come across, it's like, man, all these things that you've done, it seems easy, but it's not easy, is it?
1: <laughs> was that a trick question? No. Uh, was that supposed to be funny? Um, no, it's definitely not easy. <laughs> Nothing worth having in life is easy. I don't think.
0: Oh, that's a great statement. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Well, I tell you what, I want to thank you for coming on this show. Uh, I want to stay in touch with you because I kind of have this feeling that I would, if you ever were to get enough time, it would be good to write a book with that. It had to happen in your life. Cause I know a lot of things had to happen to get to where you're at, but I definitely, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you coming on this show. And I encourage not everyone to read the book, read about you, find out about you. Uh, Cause your story is absolutely amazing.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, you know, to anyone out there that's ever really wanted to do anything, you know, had a dream, it, you know, it's not too late. I mean, I'm 48. I I started picking up really into getting into producing like a year ago. I mean, it's never too late to fulfill uh, your dream, you know, and have good wine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and have amazing wine. I actually want to do a podcast on the wine, too, because that's one of the shows that we've been wanting to do. but. Uh, hope you had a good time, but thank you for everything that you've been coming on here and share with us.
1: Thank you. All
0: right. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.